I've been dealing with this uh, topic, which last week we did not have an opportunity to share the word of God, the glory of the Holy Spirit fell in this place, and we didn't uh, get to share the word, which is absolutely fine with me. Amen. Absolutely fine with me. Uh, but I wanted to share this with you this week. Uh, we've been talking about faith and leveling up our faith and growing our faith. Sound like the microphone. No one Man. So we've been talking about leveling up our faith and growing our faith. And I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that it was surprising that we ended 2016 the same way that the Holy Spirit is leading us uh, in 2017, and that is by faith. And so we understand that by faith we're going to leave uh, 2016, but in 2017, or 2017 we're going to leave some things behind, and we have to level up to receive the things that God has for us in 2018. Now, this is the thing I need you to understand uh, about leveling up in your faith. We understand that there's four ways that I've shared with you that your faith can grow. The first way is by experience, which most people uh, who walk with the Lord learn to trust him. Amen. Amen. Of course, we all know that you can hear the word, and by hearing the word, the Bible says faith cometh. That's in Romans chapter 10. Also in Jude, verse 8, or verse 20, I'm sorry, it says that you can uh, pray in the Holy Ghost, and you can build yourself up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And so we understand that there are ways that you can level up your faith. The fast way, not only from experience of walking with him, but by going through things, you learn to trust him. I shared with you the story of when Peter got out of the boat and we decided that instead of getting out of the boat, we should uh, invite him to come on board. Amen. And by doing so, we understand that it takes one level of faith to get out of the boat, but another level to keep you walking on water. And so we understand then that our faith uh, is not simply trusting God, but it's also how you react to the word of God. And so we find in Hebrews chapter 11 that he tells us that faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But we jump over to chapter 12 and he says that we have some witnesses. I want to paint a picture for you. Uh, and the picture is more of a judicial system than it is a church. Because what you see the Bible call God is a righteous judge. And the Bible says that the things that we go through are trials. But what he calls them are tests, and therefore we have a testimony. We also have an accuser. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 10, that we have an accuser that goes before the brethren both day and night. With that being said, we understand that the enemy then acts as the prosecutor who goes before God and brings up all of our wrongs and tries to get God to do something to us. I need you to understand that before we go any further, that in order for the enemy to work in your life, he has to have some type of legal right in order to do so. 
So if he's bringing hell on your house, the reason that he's bringing hell is because he feels he has a legal right to do so. He's somehow found a loophole, even if you're saved. He's found something in your bloodline or in the generations to pass to where he can bring hell to your house. And so what we have to do is legally put him out. Amen. And so we understand that he accuses the brother in both day and night as a prosecutor. But the Bible says that we have an advocate that's with the Father who acts as our defense attorney. He goes by the name of Jesus the Christ. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And so at the same time that the enemy is accusing us, we have an advocate with the Father who is making intercession. Amen. We understand that he's praying for us. And so our role then becomes that of a witness. But our witness is a little bit different from the witness that you would see today. This word witness in the Greek is the word martor. And it's where we get our English word martyr. The word martor means a person who is willing to suffer rather than to renounce their religion. A person who is willing to die rather than turn their back on their religion. And I know I asked this question, but after you hear the definition, your willingness to be a witness might change. Before, you thought that it was just me seeing something and me be willing to testify that it happened. That's what a witness is in the natural. But in the spirit, a witness is literally somebody who is willing to suffer. Listen to it. Somebody that's willing to suffer and will not turn down or renounce their religion because of their suffering. Are you hearing me? Somebody who is willing to go through something and still won't renounce their religion. Somebody who is willing to die. If it costs me my life, I still won't turn my life, my back on God. That is a witness. So the question then, again, is can I get a witness? Because most of the times what happens is some of us, because of what things that we go through, we turn our back on God and we begin to question who he is. In the natural sense, in order for somebody to be a witness, they have to see something or hear something, and then they have to testify in court. They have to come to court and be debriefed by the lawyers and then testify to what they saw. But on the flip side, in the spirit, your witness is based on what you didn't see. Because you were not there when he was crucified. You were not there when he was hung on the cross. You were not there when they were whipping him. You were not there. But the Bible says that he told Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29, that blessed are those who have not seen, yet they still believe. Can I get a witness? And so he begins to call all of these witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11. He walks through all these witnesses that he could call. And he says that you are surrounded by all of these witnesses. And because you are surrounded by these witnesses, it ought to give you strength. But what we found is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, he says that yes, the enemy is an accuser. But I want you to understand that we have some stuff that's working for us too. Yeah. In verse 11, it says something very profound. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Somebody say the blood. <laughs> what I need you to understand about the blood is that we have not understood totality, the totality of the power of the blood. I know we sing the song that it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows and all of that. We, we've said all of those things, but we've not understood the ability of the blood to speak for us. If you go back to Genesis chapter 4, after Cain slew Abel, the Bible says that God showed up and said, your brother blood cries out for me. And my determination is this, if the blood of Abel can cry out to God from the ground, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ cry out for us? And I need you to understand that because the blood speaks for us, 
us. It's the re it's our main witness. It's our testimony. It's our witness that when we go through something that we're going to make it out because I'm covered by the blood. When the enemy shows up and begins to make accusations and claims against us, thank God that the blood testifies for me. What was the blood saying about me that he used to be a whole lot of stuff, but now he's been washed. Though his sins were as crimson, they now are white as snow. I washed him and made him whole. The next part of that verse says that not only does the blood speak to me or speak for me, but I have a testimony. Somebody say testimony. Because I have a testimony, I've been through some things. I don't believe that there's anybody in this place today that don't have a testimony. If you don't have a testimony, it's probably because you're still going through the test. But all of us in here should at least have a testimony about where God had brought us from. And when things begin to get hard and get difficult, I encourage you to think back to where he's brought you from. When you begin to think about things not being the way that you desired them to be, I challenge you to think about where you used to be and think about your testimony. When you think about uh, maybe God has forgotten about me, maybe he's let me down, you begin to think about where he brought you from and where you are now. And your testimony encourages you. Somebody say testimony. Your testimony is how you overcome when the enemy brings in those doubts and those worries and those fears and tries to plant those things in your spirit. You begin to say, no, God has done too much for me. He's brought me from too many different places. He had to reach way down and pick me up. You don't know where I was and what I was doing when he found me. As a matter of fact, when you begin to think about your testimony, it ought to make you happy. If can't nobody else celebrate your testimony, you ought to be able to celebrate your testimony. Some of us our testimony is greater than some others because some of us were way lost. Some of us were way gone and he had to reach way down. He had to get real dirty in order to wash us. As a matter of fact, he had to find us in some places where we wouldn't want our name mentioned today. But he showed up. His Holy Spirit showed up and his blood washed us. I'm glad that I have the blood that speaks for me and my testimony which says I can speak for myself. I understand then that because of my testimony that I become a witness for him. Well, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that he says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be a witness. Somebody say, can I get a witness? Well, the thing of it is, is that when you have a witness, remember this, is it's always predicated upon something that I didn't see. Most people were gladly testify by what they saw. Most people were gladly be a witness and they can't wait to talk about who was at fault and who was wrong. But how many of us can be a witness even if we didn't see anything? I can be a witness that he'll work it out even though I can't see how he's going to work it out. I can be a witness that he's a healer even though you might still be sick. I can be a witness that he'll fill your cup and your cup will run over even though your cup may be empty. I can be a witness that he is Jehovah Jireh even though you may be, you may not have a, your cupboard may be empty, but I can be a witness that he'll provide. Even though you might be going through storms, I can be a witness that he will work out your situation. Can I get uh, even if it costs me my life, even while I'm going through something, even if they try to kill me, I still maintain my witness. When I go through things, I will not change my testimony based off of what the enemy says. But I'll hold my witness because I know who he is. 
Yeah, the Bible says that they went through some things in chapter 11. If you read it in your leisure, you'll find that faith caused them to go through a whole lot of things. And some of us feel that because we have faith, we don't have to go through. But I beg to differ. Your faith means that, yeah, you're going to go through, but your faith is going to get you through it. Amen. Can I get a witness? The blood begins to speak. And here we are pleading it, and it's pleading for us. Hey, 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 right. We think that we're doing something by covering each other in the blood, and the blood is speaking for us. As a matter of fact, the reason that some of us have not lost and are not defeated is because the blood still speaks. Here it is over 2,000 years later, and the blood still has something to say. When you woke up this morning, you were supposed to die in your sleep last night, but the blood still speaks. Can I get a witness. Yeah, but the problem is that the blood is speaking, but I want you to understand something, that your testimony is just as important. Is there anybody in this place that understands the importance of your testimony? You cannot be ashamed of where you have come from and where you were brought from. You cannot be ashamed unless you're still doing the same things about what God has done because your testimony, and regardless of how bad it is and how bad you were, it brings glory not to the enemy, but to God. So he says to us in Hebrews chapter 12, being that we are surrounded there, you're not the only witness, uh, but you're going to receive some power. Watch this, because it takes power to be a witness. I wish I had some help. It's going, you need power to be a witness. And the Bible says you shall receive power after that. Somebody say after that. You shall receive power after that. Somebody shout after that. You shall, y'all going to get it in a minute. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Listen, you need the exousia. You need the uh, the dunamis of God in order to be a witness for him. You have to have power because there's going to be things that are going to try to take the power away from you. One of the reasons that people don't have a witness is because they don't have power. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, that's what we were singing the song about. We were singing about him feeling up until I overflow. Why? Because I want to be a witness. I want to be somebody that will be willing to suffer and die, but I'm not going to let go of what I know. Even though I was not there to see it with my own eyes, I still believe it because I have a testimony. Even though I was not there to see it with my own eyes, I know that it happened because the blood speaks for me. Can I get stuff happens uh, to try to make you change your testimony. I told a story this morning about a time in high school uh, where I was doing something I didn't have no business and walked up on a fight. Uh, this girl and this other girl were fighting in the hallways in Washington High School and I'm coming down the stairs. Remember like it was yesterday, I should have been going the other way, but I walked my girlfriend to class and then I'm coming down the stairs. I walk up on the fight and just like any other young boy, teenage, I'm about to watch the fight. Had it been today, I pulled out my phone and looked live, but it was 1996. And then back in 96, we didn't have all this, so I just watched the fight. And then all of a sudden, Brother Freeman, I started seeing blood coming from one of the girls' faces. And the other girl started hollering, she's cutting me. And when I said, when she said she's cutting me and I saw the blood, I panicked. I couldn't move. And one of the administrators came down and said, help me. I grabbed one girl. He grabbed the other. The razor fell on the floor. I didn't see in the process of the fight. She took a razor out of 
of her mouth and started cutting the girl. And so watch this. A couple of weeks passed by and the lawyer called me and he said, I need you to be a witness. I said, well, I don't know about being a witness. He said, well, you were the only one who saw what happened. And we need you to verify some facts. Because the other girl that was doing the cutting is saying that the other girl brought the razor. But you saw her take the razor out of her mouth. And if you don't corroborate her story, then the judge might not believe her. And so he said, you need to go to court. He said, but before you go to court, I'm going to have to debrief you. And kind of walk you through what you're going to have to say once you get in court. He said, because the lawyer, is her lawyer is going to try to cross-examine you to make you forget what you said. And so when I got into the debriefing, I began to sit. And he was saying, this is what you're going to have to say. And this is how you're going to have to say it. And he started preparing me for the cross-examination. He said, he's going to call your character into play. What were you doing walking to class that way? Why were you not where you were supposed to be? So he starts trying to make you question your credibility and not the credibility of the story. And so he began to question me and say all of these things. And I said, oh man, I'm good. I can handle it. Until I got in that pressure seat in the courtroom. And now the cross-examination happened. It was easy in the debriefing room. But when I got into the courtroom and he began to ask, me those questions. I, I begin to question what I thought I saw. Are you absolutely sure that you saw her pull the way? I said, I think I'm all. Do you think or do you know? And so I'm sitting there and I'm in this cross-examination this room for the people. No, I don't know. I'm getting ready to panic because I, I thought I saw but I don't know. Did I really see? And so he said, I just know she started bleeding. And so he says, well, we don't know if your testimony is any good. So he tries to cross credibility of the witness to be damaged because if the credibility of the witness is damaged then we can't take your word for what you're saying and so what the enemy does is try to make you uh, damage the credibility of your character in order so people will question your testimony and so he'll start bringing up stuff that you used to do and what you used to be and how you used to do and what you used to be and try to make people question your testimony can you stand up under cross examination do you really know what you know and do you really believe what you say you believe? It's easy while we're in the sanctuary, but when you get out there and after a while I looked over at the lawyer who had coached me and debriefed me and I looked at him and he just gave a grin and said this like this and I began to say now I know what I saw and what I saw was her take the razor out of her mouth and begin to cut the other girl. You can't make me question what I know I saw. And so the point of the story is this, that if you are a witness and if you watch this because remember what a witness is you don't have to see nothing but I know what I know and if you are a witness of God then you don't have to see nothing you just believe it because he said blessed is he that had not seen but yet he still believes but the problem with most believers is that our testimony won't hold up under cross examination well what is cross examination then pastor walk us through it can you coach us cross examination is when you say he's Jehovah Jireh, but it ain't nothing in your cabinet. Yeah, you say he's Jehovah Jireh, and it ain't nothing in your bank account. You say he's Jehovah Rapha, and you get bad diagnosis from the doctor. You say he's Jehovah Shalom, and ain't no peace in your house. You ain't no peace on your job. You say that he is your banner, but you haven't seen your victory. That's being able to stand up under cross-examination because the enemy is trying to make you question the credibility of God. But I'm looking for some people that believe that regardless of what I go through, I shall not surrender or change my testimony. Why? Because he's done too much and he's been too good for me to change my witness now. I'm going to speak to my story. My story is way 
would be written in the Lamb's book of life and there wasn't anything I could do to erase it. It was that day on a playground, not in a church, not at the altar, but the sweetness that became the altar where I gave my heart to God. And it's been over 30 years. I didn't always real say but I didn't change my testimony. I, I became a witness. has remained the same that God is good and he's good all the time well, even on my worst days my testimony of him is still the same and I found out that people who change their testimony don't really know him but they're claiming to be a witness how then pastor can you help us how can you become a witness and keep your testimony even when things are getting bad I don't know how I do it but there's a power that comes over me every time I think about giving up there's a power that comes me. Every time I think about quitting, there's a power that comes over me. When things get hard, it seems like there's a power that comes over me. And you shall receive power. See, some of us, the problem is we only got the power one time. But every morning I get up, I got to plug into the source. Because yesterday's problems are gone, but today I got a whole new set. I need a whole lot of witness today from the one I had yesterday. My testimony from yesterday was, yeah, he showed up working out. But I'm depending on him today to do the same thing. I got some different devils today that I had yesterday. He'll give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost is coming upon you. I figure like this, witnessing must be difficult. Because he didn't say I'm giving you power to do anything but be a witness. Y'all are kitchen. Everybody want power. To raise the dead. Mm-hmm. Wow. They want power to speak in tongues. They want power to open blind eyes. They want power to walk on water. And he says, you won't need power just to be a witness. That's right, man. That's right, that's right. Just, just for you to keep your witness. That's right, that's right. When I mean, you show up on your job, let me show you how hard it is to witness. <laughs> when you show up on your job and they talking about what they talking about, you start talking about the Lord, that's because it's hard. Amen. When you find yourself being a witness, you're going to find yourself by yourself. Oh, you're right, that's right. That's right. When you start being a witness, you're going to find out folk don't want to hear your testimony. Right. They only want me to say Sunday. They only want to hear your testimony. Now, I'm a living testimony. You don't even understand. I'm a walking testimony. You're looking at a miracle. You may know the miracle to show up. I am. Can I get a witness? What's a miracle? You don't know what I used to do. You don't know what I used to do. Sometimes I surprise myself. Now, I wish you could walk back through the halls of my life and see some of the stuff I used to sneak around and do, some of the places I used to go. Yeah, and now some of us, we, yeah, we sing it like I used to be. Well, what about the stuff you've been doing since you've been saved? What about the places you done been just since you knew God? Can I be a witness?
to the hills. And so when I, I imagine the walk, I can see you walking with your head held up high. Yes, sir. And yes, your sir. chest sticking out. He'll change the way you walk. Can I get a witness that you'll change the way you talk? That I can testify about this one. Because I showed up through the coach. But the Bible says, can bring the water and sweet water proceed out of the same county. He'll change the way you talk. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness that he'll put clapping in your hands? Remember, I didn't even like to go to church back in the day.
that you were facing but when you put it in his hand there's been some mountains that you face that were too big for you to climb but when you spoke to him can I get a witness Anybody in this place that knows that my God is good. Can I get a
still the same. God is good. God is good. You may not always understand, but he gave you power to be a witness. Not only that, he said you're surrounded by witnesses. There's a great cloud. If you thought you weren't going to make it, then think about that great Yeah. Well, I know you said that's Hebrew. That was a long time ago, Pastor. Can I get a witness in this house? For those who are doubting, can I get some witness? Can I get a cloud of witnesses? That will just stand right where you are and testify to the goodness of God? Can I get some witnesses for those that might be struggling that God is a way maker. That he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. You see all these folks that lay by myself. There's strength in numbers. That he's not only fixing stuff at my house. He ain't only working out stuff at my house. He ain't only fixing my problems. He ain't only hearing my prayers. But can I get a witness? It's encouraging, ain't it? It's encouraging, ain't it? That he fixes stuff at your house. That he fixes stuff at your house. That he's working at your house. The good thing about God is my problem ain't your problem. So he's Jarrah at your house. But he's Rapha at mine. He's peace at your house. But he's joy at mine. Say it with me. 
they don't know, they don't believe the power of God. They don't believe that He'll fix it. They don't. Some people are dealing with some stuff and they they just don't believe God. But then there are some of us that we hold our testimony. We sit in church like He hasn't done anything. I don't need no new testimony. I'm still shouting out the first one. I don't need Him to do nothing else. I'm still shouting because He saved me. Ain't nothing else got to happen. It's gonna happen, but it ain't got to happen. I'm still shouting because he saved me. 